The Old Testament reading is from Malachi, the third chapter. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch in the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written of the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Wonderful to see everybody this evening, and I pray that the scriptures we've heard, uh, the hymns we're singing, and the sermon and the communion will all help to prepare us for the Lord. A few verses, a few words from that lesson Pastor Adel read from Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Skipping down a little bit, he is like a refiner's fire. And another little skip, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Return to me, and I will return to you. That last part is the title for my message tonight, and it's a beautiful Bible passage we should all keep in mind, well worth memorizing. Return to me, and I will return to you. Malachi is the last of the Hebrew prophets, and this theme of returning is one of the themes of all of the prophets. It's the main teaching of the Bible. It often appears in other words. We use words like law and gospel, sin and grace, judgment and justification. But it is this two-part rhythm of the doctrine of God's Word calling all the world to repentance and standing by for all the world with God's divine forgiveness. I want to show you how that message of Malachi and the Bible relates to all of us, especially in this Advent, Christmas, Epiphany time, and especially for our preparations for Christmas. In chapel on Thursday, I talked to the children about the Advent wreath. Advent wreaths developed in the 1800s among German Lutherans, and gradually the idea of using them in worship spread to other denominations as well. Uh, the Advent wreath is a kind of countdown of the four Sundays in Advent leading to the celebration of Christmas marked by the white candle in the middle. But I'll be honest with everybody, when I was a boy, and I'm sure probably for most children, maybe for even some of us adults, those four candles remind me more of a countdown to presents because we all know how important those are, especially for children. But I asked the children, how many of you can remember what you got last year for, for Christmas? And, and if you can remember, are you still using it? If it's a toy, are you still playing with it? Or has it been replaced by something else? And then I asked them this, which is more important, the presents or the people that watch us open the presents? And of course, they knew the answer to that. The people, our parents, our children, brothers and sisters, our friends and relatives, aunts and uncles, all of that is what Christmas is, is way more important than the presents. And then one more question for the children, and that was, well, where did they come from? And of course, they know they came from God. And so it always comes back to God. And so Advent is a reminder to us that Christmas is about God. It's about that baby born of the Virgin Mary. 
that little one laid in the manger who uh, Joseph was told would be named Emmanuel, God with us. And this is the Christmas Advent reality. Christmas is basically God's coming, his advent, into this world. And so there are important ways for us to be prepared for that. But before we get to that, let me ask this question. Why is it that the world flees from God when God is always trying to make his advent to them, his coming into their lives? God is not the first thing that we think of when it comes to Christmas, if we're honest. It's not really God that's in all of our thoughts most of the time in life. In, in fact, our, the deepest core of our sinful nature, there's a great resistance. We don't want anything to do with God. Many years ago, over 40 years ago, uh, I was walking on a street in a base, a military base in Southern California, and I was with a friend and we walked past the base chapel. And I looked at that chapel and I said, I, I want to go to worship there on Sunday. Why don't you come with me? And he was very hesitant uh, about that. I could tell he kind of wanted to go, but there was something. It was like a barrier that was holding him back. I wish I knew then what I know now about human nature. And, and I would have told him it's normal to feel that way. It's normal to have some reluctance. We have to be, as we just sang in that beautiful hymn, we have to be drawn to God. That's what God does. This is what Advent is all about. God keeps coming to people who keep fleeing. And that's the pattern that we find out the Bible. Adam and Eve fled from God after they sinned and God went to them. Uh, Israel continually drifted to idols and uh, it finally got so bad that, that they were removed from Jerusalem and the Holy Land to Babylon. And this is where we come to the time of Malachi. It's about a hundred years and the people have started by God's grace to come back to the promised land, to rebuild the temple, to begin rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. And guess what happens? The same routine over and over again, the drifting away from the Lord. And this is one of the things Malachi addresses. He addresses the people cheating each other, people bringing sick sacrifices to God in their worship, divorcing without biblical reasons, not bringing their tithes and their offerings, and even saying at a certain point, it's actually useless to worship God. This is a constant pattern. And Paul warns us that it's a temptation for each of us as well, as he said to the Corinthians, by referring to the very example of the Israelites drifting from God, he said, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The power of temptation is strong. And in this Christmas season, we certainly sense it. Busyness, joys of life, troubles of life, all of those things can work together to draw us away from God. Advent is uh, one of Malachi's great themes, though. 
that God will keep on coming. So what does Malachi say? He says, Behold, I send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. He's speaking here for God. And this is really, this shows that, that Malachi was especially chosen to deliver this particular message because his name, the name Malachi means my messenger. So who's he talking about? Who is this messenger? Well, we find out quite a while later in the Judean wilderness, another prophet rises, and he is John the Baptist, the fiery preacher who brought upon Israel the call to repentance and as well pointed to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the messenger that Malachi is talking about. And Jesus himself, when he was talking about John the Baptist, quotes this very same verse. Both John and Jesus were doing the same thing. They were, as Malachi says, like a refiner. They were taking the metal and melting it down and separating the bad part from the good part. This is exactly what Malachi was trying to do as a prophet in his own day. It's what Jesus and John and later the apostles and continuing on through all these centuries in the church, uh, the pastors and the people doing the same thing, bringing the same message before the world as well. In Malachi's day, he addresses a problem of sorcery. Well, remember how Jesus cast out demons. He addresses the problem of sexual immorality. Remember how Jesus met with the woman who had five husbands and now was living with another man, and yet Jesus not only called out her sin, but he cast out her sin. He brought her to forgiveness. Jesus addressed the liars and the cheaters and the oppressors as he exposed time and time again people's hypocrisy, calling everyone, as did Malachi, as did John the Baptist, to honest repentance, to trust in God, and to good works. Therefore, Malachi said, you, the people of Israel, are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Despite your drifting away, return to me, the Lord says, and I will return to you. Forgiveness does not change. And that's one of those great verses of Malachi. I, the Lord, do not change. So how do we return to the Lord? Now, whether you are a Christian or not, the answer is exactly the same. We return to the Lord in repentance and in believing. And I would like you to imagine right now that the entire floor of this sanctuary is a huge compass. And uh, the compass is pointing north. The compass is pointing south. North represents God. South represents the evil one. And we are sitting right in the middle of that compass. By nature, we are all with our backs to God, facing in the direction of evil. And God, by His grace, by His advent work through the prophets, through John the Baptist, through Jesus above all, through the prophets and the proclamation of God's returning to me and I will return to you message throughout all of history, God is turning us on that compass as He draws us to Him. 
And we realize at a certain point that we're not facing that way anymore. We're facing toward God. We can't explain that miracle. It's just something that happened. The Word of God softened our hearts to get us to quit blaming all of our problems on everyone else, but instead admitting uh, the sins of our own hearts. The same Word of God kept coming to us and showing us God's love and His forgiveness. Jesus is the refiner. He burns away the dross, yes, but He is also the healer. And His blood, His perfect life, His death on the cross, His obedience, all of this comes to us and this is what overpowers our sin. This is what turns us to the Lord. And that arrow, like on any compass, sometimes wavers a little bit. And it's not as though once we become Christian, everything's perfect all the time. We're always pointed in the right direction, always thinking about God the way we should. No, we know that isn't the way things are in life. Sometimes that compass needle is jiggling around a little bit. And sometimes we may even swing way, way over to the side. But the Lord, with His Advent work, will continue to come to us. Return to me, and I will return to you. And so, in the midst of all of our Christmas preparations, shopping, cleaning, parties, travel, we're reminded, of course, always, every year, the same message. At the very core here is the preparation of our own hearts, as well as the house and all of those things, the constant turning and being turned by the Word of God. A Word that calls out our sin, but casts out our sin. Redirects our life from a life without God in mind to a life with God in mind. This is God's advent. He has been making it in the time of the prophets. He has made it in the time of His Son Jesus above all. And He continues to make it and will do so until the final advent when Jesus comes again on the last day. And above all, that's the miracle we want to be prepared for especially, as Pastor Adel shared with us last Sunday. That is exactly what John and Malachi and all the other messengers of the Lord have done and continue to do for us. Return to me, and I will return to you. Amen. Please rise.